Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. You're listening to season six, episode 11 of the Love Good Podcast, but you probably already knew that. You know what? My name is Jimmy. Today, I get to sit down with one of the two Ryans, Dr. Ryan Hanning today, to talk about Carrie Underwood. This is kind of interesting because she has been my celebrity crush for a long, long time. I'm not even going to pretend. And she just put out this new gospel record that has kind of been captivating me for at least the last few months. You know, back in the day before there was a Christian music industry, every mainstream artist put out a gospel record at least once in their career. It was just totally normal, totally standard. And it just seems like we need to bring that back. You know, that, that's how far Christ is from the culture. That's how far the church is from the public square right now that it, it seems crazy to me that Carrie Underwood is putting out and has put out a gospel record and not just any old gospel record, one of the best in the history of of recorded music. We're going to talk about it today and again the role that music plays in culture and the role that the church should be playing in the public square. It's going to be a really fun conversation as it always is with Dr. Ryan Hanning. In the meantime, enjoy this little clip from I Surrender All. It's by Jillian Edwards from the Love Good Fireside Sessions. All my questions I don't know. I'm staring into the face of the unknown before you Carrie Underwood. I know. Let's just let's just pick up where we left off. <laughs> First know, of all, w- welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, always a pleasure. So I'm in I'm in Austria <laughs> a few years ago, and uh, I have family out there. And Austria uh, in Austria in Vienna. Casual, no big deal. Yeah, casual, no big deal. Actually, so I have some aunts and uncles out there, and their names are like really Austrian, so like Klaus <laughs> and Bernd and my cousin Willi and the whole nine yards and everything. But you know, and I'm talking to somebody, and they're really schooling me in some ways on, cause we're at a, a, a like a, a outdoor festival where the music is specifically Rhineland. So it's like the, the music from that area that mm. goes all the way into Germany and whatnot. And so he's, he's schooling me on his music. And he says, uh, in America, you've contributed two things, only two things to, to the world of the arts. He didn't even say music, <laughs> just the world of the arts. And it was jazz and gospel music. Okay. And I haven't tested that theory, but maybe somebody who knows more about music history yeah. than I do. But but so yeah, so all these people release these gospel albums. Yes. Carrie Underwood, one of them. And, and historically, every great artist yep. released a gospel record at some point. Aretha Franklin's gospels are like some of the That's most right. incredible renditions ever. These well, old spirituals, incredible. Totally. And I've always sort of had a question mark over the idea of gospel music as an industry or Christian music as an industry, because I think. Artists should 
have something to say about everything. Sure. You know, if they're kind of really living the fullness of their human experience, you know, even if their faith is totally imbued in every aspect of their art, it should, I would think, inspire some storytelling yeah. and some songwriting about every aspect of life, right? Yep. So I, I think what Carrie Underwood has done and others, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. as well, is reminded us that this is so much a part of especially the lived American experience, mm -hmm. but any Christian life that, of course, every artist would put out a gospel record at some point. The question I have is why now? Yep. And for me, there's an alignment there with what the Lord's been doing through Love Good, the direction that we're moving in. You just reach a certain point where you're kind of not able to hold back anymore the, the love for God and, yeah. the, and the zeal that you really do have deep down in your soul for His glory. How cool though that you know we live in a town, or you live in a town, but we live in a country where this is a, a respected form of art. Yeah. You know, an entire album of essentially classic hymns yep. sung in a way that only Carrie Underwood can sing. Yeah, and this is a beautiful, beautiful thing about these gospel albums is, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the artist is really bringing who they are to mm -hmm. it, right? Like the arrangements, mm -hmm. the everything. So it's really, this is why they're so popular, I think. So we all know these songs. We've all grown up singing them. Even if it's funny, I mean, I remember at our parish one time, we had a pretty prominent local atheist die. He was a really devout atheist and, and somewhat outspoken about it. But he was baptized and and he wanted a, he didn't want, his family wanted you know, Christian burial. And I was shocked because when we were meeting with the family about this, they essentially gave me all the songs they wanted played there at the funeral. And they're all these traditional gospel hymns. Hmm. And I said, oh, I'm just curious, like, you know, and they kept saying, oh, he loved this song. He loved this song. And so even like the, the devout atheist understood the, yeah. the beauty, meaning, and depth. Maybe he appreciated it on a different level than we mm -hmm. would. But like even he knew these songs. Like even he can hum Amazing Grace with the best of them, right? Oh, yeah. And so they're, they're, they're part of our identity and who we are as a, as a Christian nation. And you know, people learn these things. And when they come over, I mean, they, mm -hmm. they learn some of these things. Even, even immigrants you know, will come and learn sort of the repertoire. So every artist does this and adds their own sort of, you know, their own particular style and, and approach to it. It's really incredible. And, mm -hmm. and Carrie Underwood is, is, is a good example of it. So he said, why now? And then what I'm more curious about is why are people receptive to it? Yeah. Like even at like Grammy and American Musical Association. I was going to say, did, and, did you watch your performance with CC Winans at the American Music Awards? It's unbelievable. Un incredible. And not at all what you'd expect on a, a massive mainstream award show. No, you know? no. Yeah. And so it, why the receptivity now? You're right. It's a good so question. So I think people are hungry for the transcendent. Mm. Like we cannot, I mean, I see it all. People want justice. They want, you know, they want truth. They want beauty. They want meaning. They want purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all the things. I mean, this is, this is part of human nature. Yeah. This is why we're so upset when there's injustice or lack of transparency or lack of truth, especially from those who are purported to provide justice, provide mm -hmm. truth or provide meaning. This is why even you know, artists who are meant to provide beauty, right? Well, when they don't, why it's so sort of a scandal, yeah. you know? And so I, I think the, this is, speaks to the human heart in a really amazing way. And when it comes on a beautiful stage like that, I mean, let's just be honest for a second. I mean, 50 years ago, this type of thing was, was the basic narrative of most media. Yeah. I mean, the most popular TV shows, the most popular musicals, the most popular movies. I mean, if you just look, they, they, weren't, they weren't necessarily specifically Christian, 
but the the virtues and the things they espouse mm. were the things that as a nation we had come to really respect and believe right. and uphold as necessary right. for 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 not just Christian discipleship but for civil society. Whereas now the vestiges of even Christian values are few and far between. And so when you see them on such a main mm-hmm. stage and mm-hmm. done so beautifully with such care, and I love the fact that there isn't you know I would be really annoyed if the commentary was like oh we're gonna you know do this for nostalgia or something. Uh-huh. But there is still a very genuine respect. This is it's, it's an amazing feature of, of music that I can sort of endure this and mm-hmm. communicate this. But I'm I'm captivated with the gospel albums that have come out over the last two years. The songs they chose, some that make perfect sense, mm-hmm. you know, Amazing Grace being a standard, but there's others. But some that's curious they chose. I mean, there's some old spirituals and old songs that have been pulled out of the repertoire that, that aren't necessarily as well-known. Right. You know, C.C. Winans, you mentioned, you know, incredible the work that that entire family has done mm-hmm. <laughs> to bring out some of these and renew some of these songs that were part of the repertoire that the rest of really the world didn't know. Yeah. But just incredible. So, yeah, so I think people are hungry for this. And, and just the, the, the fact that gospel music, you know, it's 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 unique because the gospel music is a really good example of, of why you need multiple voices. It's always a multitude. That's right. It speaks to the reality of communion. It speaks to the reality of, of need for reciprocation. So think of every gospel song. There's that playful interplay between the music and the singer, between the leader and the rest of the singing, the chorus. Yep, that's right. And you have all this going on and it does, it just captivates and uplifts the heart. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one one person show. Yeah, you that's know, exactly right. It's, uh, it's amazing. So I, I've actually been geeking out on it and like asking like, wow, that's, you're going to have you know, a headline star do a song. Obviously it's from her new album, but like even the production value and everything and CC there, I'm like, this is blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Totally agree. And it, it tracks very much with the direction and the forward movement of Love Good in these last couple of years too, where I think for the longest time, we tried to do with music what Tolkien did with literature so deeply imbue the faith, so deeply sort of uh, espouse the the truths of the gospel that, of course, it was just going to kind of overflow at times very subtly in every conversation we ever had, whether that was the podcast, whether that was um, the way that we would host our house concerts, the kind of artists that we would bring in very much had this, this deep and profound sense of faith, but it was it was subtle. You, you had to right. be kind of well-formed to pick up on it. In other words, we got really good over the last eight years of allowing beauty to be an entry point, of, of leading with beauty, right. as Bishop Barron would say. Somewhere along the way, I realized we weren't actually taking people into the full depths of the truth. There was sort of this constant sort of, let's bring people in, right. but then what? And if they weren't you know, living in one of these houses of community here in Nashville, if they weren't actively involved in hosting house concerts, if they weren't perhaps engaged in a discipleship group or a small group of some kind where these conversations were actually taking place, the the accompaniment kind of stopped past the entry point, you know? And so I suppose the the great joy of, of the transition that we're undergoing right now is we're pulling back that veil. You know, we're no longer in any way trying to hold back, you know, on the truth that is the gospel that does, in fact, lay the the groundwork for everything that love good is. 
it's, it's no longer going to be enough for us to just help people raise their standard for music, books, and art. We want to help them be apostles right. of culture. And that means living the gospel and allowing it to spill out into not just the music we listen to and the books we read, the artwork we put up in our homes, the movies that we watch, but how we speak, how we love, how yeah. we engage with the world around us. You know, In, in other words, a, a much more boldly evangelical approach, right? And you see this with Carrie Underwood and, and others in the way that they release a single album. Right. And that's great. But to be honest, I, I've seen Carrie Underwood live. She imbues this whatever song right. she's singing. Yep. You know, now it's just nice to be able to connect the dots with how how deeply. I mean, she's praying these songs. Yeah, you know, really she's beautiful. not performing. She's praying these songs, and there's an anointing that comes with that. Yeah, that does in fact spill over when she's you know just singing the every, everyday sort of top forty country music song as well. That's my hope is that as we move forward, there's going to be a a call to greater boldness and greater intentionality without leaving any of the uh, sort of artistry and subtlety behind sure. either because we we can't just sort of slam people yep. over the face with the the truths of the faith either. There's got to be a, a beauty first and a friendship first and a building of trust first no matter where we find ourselves in life. I just know that I'm personally at a point where I, I can't waste another minute i can't miss another opportunity right. to bring people the love of god you know yeah i think we see that too in, in so many other places i mean you know woe to us if we write saint paul says woe to us if we don't share the gospel but you know people maybe more than ever are really asking for it too yes i mean we're, we're looking at a situation of just really in some ways just an absolute so think of the burden that's placed upon a person if, especially in light of the last two years, if they have to be a master of their own universe, if, mm. if if who they say they are is what makes them what they are without any regard for reality, whether yeah. it be biological or otherwise, that's a huge burden. And people are struggling and suffering because we're living in a world that says, oh, you can, you can do and be whatever you want. And it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. And we're coming with a very different message, which is we know who you are. Yeah. And who you are as a beloved son and daughter of the Father mm -hmm. who desperately wants you to be with him forever and eternity in heaven. That's not an imposition. That's an invitation. But it has to be it has to be done appropriately, which is why you know things like apostles like Lovegood are so are so key because it's not a choice of whether you be <laughs> subtle or on the nose. I mean, those are those are those are it's not like those are mutually exclusive. You know, you, can, you can sort of do both. And I think this is, you know, we see this in St. Paul in his writings, and we see this in other places too, or even John Paul II. I mean, it's always Interesting to me that how many non-Catholics, even non-Christians, really love John Paul II, mm. who incidentally knew about Nashville, which cracks me up. Huh. And recent magazine I was reading an article about when oh, the priest who worked in the Vatican for years knew he was from Nashville, and John Paul II asked him one time, "Oh, do you play guitar? I know you're from Nashville." Like uh -huh. he even knew the Polish uh -huh. intellect philosopher even knew Nashville was the heart of he probably heart, about Jack Daniels heart of music. Too. Probably knew about Jack Daniels. I'm sure somebody gifted it to him at some point. <laughs> but you know this, this this idea then that like you can either form culture by sort of being a subcurrent underneath, mm -hmm. or you can form culture by really sort of speaking to the questions of the day. And, and that's not either or, you gotta sort of do both. Cause if mm -hmm. you're just speaking to the questions of the day, but you're not honestly living out the faith, you're not personally committed, you're not letting it inform all those, you know, all those things you do, then you're not a person of integrity. Yeah. 
And if all you do is this and never actually come to the, the, the place where you can actually boldly speak out about mm-hmm. it, well, then you're not living with integrity either. So mm-hmm. you need to have both. And the question is, is a matter of timing and relationship. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. with every person you've ever met, think of a friendship, right? I mean, it, there's a certain point in your friendship where you'll ask them to, to help you move. Right, like it doesn't. Right. First meeting off is not. Hey, will you help me move? You hire a company to do that, right? Uh-huh. So the other day, uh, a friend of mine who's uh, who's moving to a new home has to get a storage unit for a few weeks and didn't want to put his guns in storage unit. So he asked about hold on to them. So I joke with him. I said, "That's wow, man. We're our friendship's really escalating because it's like in the level of friendship. It's like, will you help me move? Right? Will you like? Will you you know? Will you let my daughter marry your son? <laughs> will you?" You know, let me store my guns at your house. <laughs> like, it's, like, you know, it's like a pretty, like, anyways, but this idea that it does, it's all about relationships. So I'd say like, you know, so much of what we do and we want to expose people to the truth is that, is that subcurrent. Mm. But there's a point where then people will ask, what is your, where do you get your joy from? Or, mm-hmm. or what do you think is the meaning of life? Or even maybe even more, you know, less large questions. Hey, I'm discerning a new job. You know, help me discern this. Or uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm a new girl or I met a new voice, those type of things, mm-hmm. right? That those become the opportunities then where you can be much more on the nose. Yeah. And I feel like we're in a moment right now where, where people don't necessarily need the subtlety. Yeah. They need the boldness. Yeah. But that needs to be done with great charity mm-hmm. and it still needs to be invitational. And I, I just, I get so nervous because there are people who quelch the gospel thinking that they're informing the subcurrent when people are there so hungry and asking for answers. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, there are people asking for answers and instead of just giving it to them, you're beating them up for asking the question. Mm-hmm. And you can go on YouTube or Facebook and find a thousand people, you know, delivering the gospel in that way. But it's brash. It's brash. Yeah. It's, you know, it's judgmental. It's, it's, it's mean spirited. Yeah. And, and there's, and it's funny because I, I tend to listen to people who I think are really winsome mm-hmm. and loving and yeah, thoughtful. That's right. And, and those people are really attractive. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I think we live in a moment. And for, for, for people out there, I mean, I think, you know, for, from my perspective, I feel urgency too. Mm-hmm. And the urgency is this, is that people are hungry for the truth. Mm-hmm. And all the substitutes that used to fill that, or that felt like we just had to work underneath the culture, have been eradicated. That's right. And they're looking saying, look, you know, that's no longer going to gonna, gonna fill my life with meaning. I need something more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in that moment that we say, hey, we, we have that something more. That's mm. not arrogant. It's not brash. It's a thoughtful invitation to relationship. It's mm-hmm. a thoughtful sharing of life. It's a thoughtful sharing of what you know, we have found. And like, it's so, gosh, you know, you go back to the gospel as, as indicative of this. Woman at the well, come and see a man, right? Who, who has explained things to me, who, who captivated mm-hmm. my heart. This invitation. It's not a, hey, idiots, you're doing everything wrong. And I have the answers for your mm-hmm. stupidity. That's not really attractive. I'm shocked that anybody actually think that's effective, especially if it's just on a YouTube channel or on a podcast, right? Yeah. But I think what the woman at the well has always reminded me is that God is always calling us deeper. He's always inviting us to have the courage to hunger for more yeah. because I think this is where people are most captivated. And any proclamation of the gospel is when they hear it, the love of God, from someone who is still just desperately trying to appropriate that love in their own yep. lives as well. That we're, we're never done living the truths of the gospel and we're deeply applying them and integrating them and suffering yep. through that integration across every aspect of our lives. That has been the great joy of working in a school where day in and day out, I'm accompanying young men who are hungry, who are open and who aren't coming to me or their theology teachers or their priests because 
we have all the answers. You know, I'm pretty sure that's just not the point that we are in fact, they're coming to us because we're on this journey towards heaven together. Right. And there's a profound joy in that. It takes all the pressure off. I mean, right now, this is sort of one of the, I think, real collateral damages of the last couple of years. Everybody feels the need to be an expert on every little issue. Like if it's coming across your home feed and you don't say something about it, yeah. then, you know, how how dare you? You yeah. know, this whole like silence is violence thing. Well, I, last I checked, I don't know enough right. about hardly anything, nor am I puffed up enough to think that my voice actually matters, you know, to think that I've got to say something about everything that ever comes up. And, and, and yet at the same time, not say something that you know most about, which is your own walk with the Lord and your own experience. Mm-hmm. And yet then we, then we right. don't share that. That's you know? right. No, you're right. It's, it's totally crazy. So I think, you know, what a word that's been coming up a lot in our last few conversations is discernment. Mm-hmm. Because every era, every season of life, every situation we find ourselves, every relationship calls for a different proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. You know? As you put it, it's it's far more of a both and than right. it is an either or when it comes to subtlety versus on the nose, boldness versus sort of taking, you know, a very kind of gradual approach. I think it changes based on who we're with, yeah. what time we're living in, perhaps even just sort of the the whether or not we're in a state of consolation and desolation ourselves. Yep. We got to recognize our own limits at times too. Yeah, I see this as a father. I mean, this is where like so much so. I always joke that so much of the gospel has come to life ever since I've I've had sheep and ever since I've had children. Right? So like <laughs> you know, the parables make sense because we're the sheep and goat are very different animals, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and and one just comes, the other runs. It's just hilarious. But you know, with kids, I've seen this as father. This I want my I want my child to do something or to know something about themselves or to have a particular view of life. I'm going to impart that to him, but it's never a once and done. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a accompaniment. It's the culture I build underneath the answers. It's the answer that I give when the time it matters most. Mm-hmm. It's when they're disposed to it. You know, and like every parent has gone through this, where you've told your kids something a thousand times, they'll come home one day having learned that exact same thing you've told them from somebody else, mm-hmm. and you sort of feel crushed a little bit. Like, well, I've been telling why they learn it from. You just delight because yeah. you've what you've done. You've prepared the soil for them mm-hmm. to be disposed and receive that. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing right now. I, mean, I think people. I mean, I really do. I think people are more hungry, more disposed. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to really just to think of the, you know, I know a lot of people feel they have to navigate the culture. And, and even that is such an odd thing. Mm. Because when it comes to culture, we, we can't really, it's not being tactical or strategic. Everything in culture is about being authentic mm. and, and constantly discerning where are the essentials, where are the secondaries, where are the tertiaries? Mm-hmm. Where are the things that are worth my time, worth who I am? worth my life? Yeah. What are those things that are important, but we can agree to disagree? Mm-hmm. And what are those things that really don't matter? Yeah. You know, I, the, the fact that you, know, you can find you know, Reddit posts that take the same vitriol of what pizza topping is better as they do of what presidential candidate is more fit to run the country yeah. is crazy to it's me. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so this, 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 this urgency, I think, that we all feel is that there are more people disposed and asking these questions of mm. ultimate meaning of life and just a lot of people who are suffering yeah let's just be honest i mean i mean i think i think i've seen it more probably in the last two years job loss moving family i mean the family's constantly under attack i have so many friends who are going through difficult times in their marriage things like that i mean mm. there's all this stuff going on 
And and woe to us if we don't if we don't share the words of everlasting life, if we don't yeah. let them know that we're on journey going there too. And it, it's beautiful. I mean, in some ways, when when we can share the gospel, not because we've had it all figured out, mm-hmm. because we're asking those same questions. Mm-hmm. And we have found solace and meaning in the person who can answer them in the Lord. Like, praise God. I'm reminded of that magician, atheist. That, uh, oh, yeah. Penn and Teller. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait. How much do you have to hate me? Yep. To not to share. Not, to not share the gospel. If you to believe it to be true, how much do you have to hate me not to mm-hmm. share the gospel? He says, at a certain point, if I saw you crossing the street and there was a, a truck pummeling in your direction, you know, and I didn't tackle you to, to save your life, how much would I have to hate you? You know? Right. I love that YouTube video. You were the first, I think, to show that to me, you know, a few months back. And perhaps that's a, a wonderful question for us right now. Let me close out this conversation as we sort of think about this next and final episode that we have with you yeah. in season six. We're going to tackle really the importance of ongoing education formation to know how to discern every situation, yep. every conversation. But when the timing is right, to know how to boldly proclaim yeah. the truth of God's love and to let the faith really imbue every aspect of our lives so that we live with the kind of integrity that invites all the right questions in the first place. What we're talking about is, you know, how to become a saint, really, yeah. or how to be a decent human being. You know, Leon Bloy you know? says, you know, the only, the only great tragedy in life is not to become a saint. That's right. You know, and it's, it's actually really, it's in, it's in that story, it's a, it's a really interesting moment because it's a really point of clarity. It's like, it's like the crescendo. In that particular novel, you know, like there's 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 nothing worth really dying for than to become who God has created you to be. Mm. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. There's 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 nothing worth seeking after. There's no other happiness that will come that will will last any any longer than than a few years or maybe even a lifetime. That's right. That, that that's really worth you than, than becoming who God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I see this in my own kids. I mean, the great. The great tragedy I see in my own children's life is when they live in discord with their nature, with mm-hmm. who they are and who I see them. And this is me, imperfect father who kicks goats and yells at the kids who threw a shoe this morning. You know, <laughs> and if I want that for my kids, how much more does our loving father want it for us, for us to know who we are and for us to participate in his plan, for us to become that person and mm-hmm. in doing so, right? And becoming that saint to, to bring others along with us and That's to right. be a, a, a real gift to others. I mean, this is true for, for you know, both the saint and the scoundrel where we're called yeah. To, to undergo this constant conversion. And people need to hear this. And I think people are hungry for it. And if we don't share it, it'll be it'll be picked up. You know, nature abhors a vacuum. And there's a mm. vacuum of substantive truth. Mm. There's a vacuum of substantive beauty. And people will quickly settle for counterfeits if, yeah. if the real thing is not provided for them. Yeah, as our good friend Randy Rouse told us, must have been a year and a half ago now, we're, we're living in a super tide moment. Yep. You know, who is going to catch all these souls when the tide comes crashing back in? Yeah. Let's hope it's the church. Let's hope yeah. it's us. Ryan, always a pleasure. Yeah. We'll uh, be back. And this next conversation is going to be pretty big. Yeah. Because there's few people who provide more ongoing formation in my life than you. In fact, one of our very faithful podcast listeners and patrons only a few days ago told me this. She goes, I don't catch all the episodes, Jimmy, but I never miss one with Dr. Ryan oh, Anning. And so there's a lot of us who very much appreciate the words of wisdom and the constant reminder of these essentials and the need for our own ongoing prayer formation and conversion if we're ever going to have an effect, an eternal effect uh, on the world uh, that we live in and the souls that are entrusted to us along the way. So uh, we'll pick up where we left off and we'll see you in a few weeks. All right. Thanks so much. Peace. That's what my mother said when she gave me my i
You're listening to Me and Eve by Delaney Ramsell. I'm really excited, guys, because you know what? There's a lot of amazing, amazing music out there that, frankly, if you just listen or tune in to your Spotify algorithms, you're going to miss it, all right? I mean, obviously, Kara Underwood is probably going to show up on your algorithm at some point soon because she's amazing, right? But so many of the artists that we get to work with here at Love Good, you know, people like Jillian Edwards, people like Delaney Ramsell, people, you know, like Kevin Hyder and Marie Miller, you're not going to bump into them, you know, unless you are really intentional and you've got a lot of time on your hands. One of the great gifts that Love Good has always brought is the gift of curating so that you don't have to sift through all the options. In fact, if you haven't been on Spotify lately and checked out any of our innumerable playlists, today's your day. Go to lovegoodculture.com slash Spotify or just type it in, Lovegood, into Spotify and you'll have 10, 12, 15 playlists pop up for every imaginable mood or genre. And I can assure you that Carrie Underwood is featured in more than a few of those playlists. I hope you guys are having an amazing continuation of this great month of September. Actually, depending on when you're listening to this, it might well be into October. And I can't believe that because the fall is underway. Down here in Florida, you can't tell. It's still stinking hot. But at least hurricane season is soon behind us, which is a good thing. In the meantime, just know that I'm praying for all of you. Please pray for me. And next week, I'll be back on the show, back on the podcast with Father Ryan Adorjan. Until then, God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.